The Favorites Podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. I bet with FanDuel because they're safe and secure. They offer great odds and markets across the NBA, NHL, and more. And because it's fun to combine multiple bets into same-game parlays. So if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code FAVORITES so they know I sent you. You must be 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Louisiana. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789, or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Welcome to the favorites, the podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer of the Action Network. Huge show today. Huge, huge show. Last week was the NFL Draft. We were in Vegas. I did a live show from Vegas with Simon. Simon was too scared to go to Vegas. I went to Vegas. I came back with COVID. So if I sound weird, that's why. If my voice sounds off, that's why. But you know what? I'm a gamer. I do the podcast anyways. It doesn't matter that it feels like every time I swallow, I'm swallowing glass that has been broken and stepped on and pulverized. I don't care. I'm doing it anyways. On the next podcast, we're going to do a very big breakdown about the draft, the players drafted, how it's impacting futures, how we want to think about teams in terms of division um, odds, conference odds, potential win totals. We're going to talk about my interaction with Chris Long, asking him about Joe O'Malley, which Simon wanted me to do because that's his brother-in-law. Simon and him grew up together, plus some other exciting, interesting things that happened to me that it was honestly a 450,000 to one shot that this happened and it happened to me. Um, We'll talk about that in the next episode because right now, Simon, my BFF, my companion, my compadre, professional better, Simon Hunter. In a minute, we're going to bring on Leboff, Michael Leboff, one of your favorite people. So we're going to talk about the NHL playoffs, which started this week. How are you, buddy? Good, buddy. Yeah, that's that's a lot, a lot to unpack. I'm excited to break it all down uh, in the future episode. But of course, we got to get the Lord Stanley. All things stop for NHL playoffs, which arguably, I mean, we'll get into it. People say it's the best playoffs. What do you think, Chad? Is it your favorite playoffs? I'm more of a baseball is my favorite, but is, what, is NHL your favorite playoff? Yeah, I mean... As much as NHL is my favorite anything, I guess that's going to be uh, what I love most about the NHL. At the end of the day, my favorite sports, bar none, NFL, NBA, everything else for me is a much, much distant third, fourth, fifth place. And I have... You're saying in person to watch or just in general? Like your favorite sport? And so, in general. So, like... The NBA playoffs to me have been astounding. Not the first couple of games of the sec of the semifinals, but in the beginning, look, I was at the Nets Celtics game on the floor for Tatum's 
game winning shot right in front of us and we, you know, videoed it. It was amazing. Um, these playoffs to me have been just wondrous, but I will say, and Leboff sort of introduced this to me, the, the NHL playoffs are hard, man. And the intensity in these games is so heightened and this, it almost sounds like they have mics in different places on the boards, right? Like the sound of the checking is harder. The sound of the skates is sharper. The sound of the puck against the board is sharper. All those things feel like it rings true in the NHL playoffs. Let's bring him in. Let's bring in Mike Leboff, who is the, um, well, probably he's the best hockey analyst in the world at this point. And he's been in the podcast before talking about his love of the Islanders. Unfortunately, they didn't make the playoffs. Pretty clear distinction between the haves and the haves-nots in the East this year, Leboff. Islanders being sort of the best of the worst in the have-nots. <sighs> How are you feeling about these playoffs right now, other than the fact the Islanders aren't in? Yeah, I'm just dreading them, basically, on, on every single level so far. Uh, I went 0-2 in my last night. I don't know if... My team, yeah, I scored one goal combined for the two teams I bet on. They lost combined 10 to 1. So we're off to a rip roaring start. But I would take that um, every day over the NBA playoffs. I couldn't tell you what teams are still in there. I think I can name five of the 16 NBA playoff teams this year just because they're always in it. I found out the Lakers were bad a couple of days ago um, from our producer. So that, uh, yeah, they just, I don't, I don't find them compelling at all. But the NHL, yeah. Like, Sit, sit back and even when my team's not in it I, you just get engrossed with it and kind of get I mean I've the Islanders have a couple of eternal rivals too so that helps and they're both in the playoffs in the Rangers and Maple Leafs so you know I'm a huge Penguins and, and Lightning fan two teams that the Islanders played in the playoffs last year which is hilarious it's the uh the old enemy of your enemy is your friend kind of thing was that Sun Tzu who said that in his yeah, book Art, Art of War, War. Yeah. yeah um and that definitely kind of sums up the NHL playoffs too right it's basically Sun Tzu's art of war every spring. It's rough, man. It's totally rough. I do think that this was a really interesting year in the NHL. Highest scoring season we've had in decades. What do you think accounted for that? Uh, yeah, it's the highest scoring season we've ever seen. And also uh, in, in the salary cap era. And also for the first time in decades, favorites, had their best season ever, which was not good uh, for me either. So the, the league kind of sh had a paradigm shift, I think, like during the, the pandemic where the teams that knew they were going to be bad for the seasons coming out of the pandemic were going full, you know, Pittsburgh Pirates, let's just try to lose, um, which doesn't really happen in the NHL, I don't think, as much as uh, in other sports normally. Um, there's usually a pretty big mushy middle and this time like you said it was haves and haves nots and and then the islanders who kind of played a schedule attuned to like an independent you know how sometimes in college basketball a team will be like hey we're jumping to division one now we'll play in this division but we can't qualify for the postseason um i think bryant did it a couple of years ago uh the islanders kind of played that sort of schedule like they they stopped started the first 13 games on the road um they had like four games between games and then they would play it back to back then they come home then they fly to arizona uh then they got covid really bad the league didn't shut them down and then they shut down all the other teams that had covid so then the islanders played a jam-packed you know second half uh most compact schedule in nhl history 
So they were just playing in a different league. It felt like too, because they were out of touch in both the haves and the haves nots have not. So that, uh, that kind of summed up their season and, and they being, they were literally the only team in the Eastern conference in that, that mushy middle. So it was just a very strange season uh, of NHL hockey and mercifully it's over. And now we have to, uh, deal with the marathon the second marathon which is the, the playoffs yeah the scoring's up in every sport isn't that isn't that the key to all these sports now basketball the three exchange everything nfl they don't call the pen, they don't call penalties anymore on offense so the nfl scoring more baseball is the only one that's like you know what let's bring in humidifiers and change the baseball so there's no scoring so i like it with hockey like i i didn't say it where again my favorite playoff might be baseball but that's just because i like the drama of baseball but hockey to me only Premier League, in my opinion, is the best, a better sport to watch in person. Hockey in person, there's something about the ice and these guys ice skating on weapons. Um, it's just a really, there's something really romantic about hockey and playoff hockey itself. I mean, it's the best going to a playoff game in person for hockey. There's nothing like it. So I'm, I'm heartbroken and for Leboff here about his team, but I have to, first team I have to talk about, Chad, has got to be the Ice Cats, the Florida Panthers. This team, 122 points. I guess no one really cares about them outside of Florida, but I care as a hockey fan because they always choke. This is my favorite thing about sports is doesn't matter. These teams have no connection to that previous team that went to Stanley Cup finals for the Florida Panthers. But some reason, all their fans are like, we're going to lose in round one. We're going to choke to the Capitals. Couldn't get a worse matchup of a, of a Vechkin team. Leave off. How, how are you viewing this series? Are we taking the dog in this series or is it the Panthers time to shine? Yeah, I think from a betting perspective, Washington is the team to go with, right? Like th- getting three to one on on a team that is really clinical in uh in in front of their uh, the opposing net, like with Ovechkin and, and their playmakers, uh, T.J. Oshie, Nicholas Backstrom. These are all guys Chad Chad knows all all too well, right? Uh, but they're they're kind of built to counterpunch, and that's what they'll need to do against the Panthers, who just own the puck uh, whenever they're out there. And I actually think it's funny that the perception of the Panthers is, is really interesting because like you said, they're the butt of a lot of jokes in the, in the NHL, especially from fans in big markets like Toronto, Montreal, the, the snowbirds always love to go to those games uh, in the winter. Like they're, they vacation down there, rich Canadian people and, and they show up like you'll get the Canucks uh, Panthers game in February and it'll be packed with Canucks fans from, I don't know, 8,000 miles away. That is, but this season, this team is just, they've been the best, neutral uh team to watch from a neutral standpoint they play they their overs especially at home were incredibly profitable uh they just were scoring at will it seemed like they'd come back from like five one down in a couple of different games and uh so they are incredibly easy on the eye and yeah the game tonight against the capitals game one should the atmosphere should be awesome because you know kind of like the islanders it's a small fan base down there but they love their panthers the ones that show up can you imagine being a, a hockey fan that grew up in you know, the suburbs of Miami, like you, you're probably the only one of you in your neighborhood. So when you get to go to the game and you see someone else who cares about this team for some reason that plays in the National Hockey League and has for you know almost 30 years now, uh, you know, that's your that's your your family member, basically. That's, uh, you know, a member of your tribe. And we'll see some rats on the ice, which is always fun. I don't know if you guys know that tradition with the Panthers from, from 1996. Scott Mellonby, uh, a, a rat during their playoff run in their first year ever, they went to the Stanley Cup final was first or second year in 96. They lost the Avalanche. And um, right during the middle part of that season or beginning of that season, a rat 
ran across the locker room in the old, I think it was called like the Miami ice garden or something. And Scott Mellenby on that team killed the rat. And from that point on, whenever the Panthers have a big win or, you know, someone scores a hat trick or just like before a big game, you'll just see a bunch of plastic rats get thrown on the ice, uh, which is, you know, something I've always loved. I, I would love to take someone from like Buenos Aires and be like, Hey, come to this Panthers game with me and see if they can, you know, try to explain to them, well, why are there, why are these people throwing rats? Uh, because it's just a, such a strange, strange tradition. I had uh, an Uber driver in Vegas the night, the morning I was leaving, what is now known as the trip where Chad got COVID, and um, and yet is gamely moving through his day and his meetings and participating as a professional. And he ran through. He had immigrated to the United States, uh, I think, from Cuba, and spent the majority of his life in Florida. And then moved to Vegas for a job. The job didn't work out. He was still living in Vegas. We ran through the Reedy Creek uh, community and how the laws dictate what Disney can and cannot do and the billion dollars in debt relief they are due and who's going to pay for that in Orange and Osceola County to my home, to where I live now, West Hartford, Connecticut, because uh, he asked me where I was going and I said, Connecticut, he goes, Hartford. I go, West Hartford. He goes, oh yeah, my daughter went to school there. And then um, through, we, we passed the Golden Knights arena and we talked, then we were talking about the Golden Knights. He loves going to the Golden Knights he, and, and how, um, but he really loves going to Panther games and that's his team and what a great year they had. This guy knew everything. He was like the Cliff Clavin of Uber drivers. He was a true Renaissance man. I hope you have COVID. Cliff Clavin uh, was uh, an alma mater of my uh, my college. That's right, Brid- Bridgeport, Connecticut native Cliff Clavin or John that's Rattenberger. Right. Yeah, that's right. It all comes back to to Leboff. Um, the The point is, the Florida Panthers, best team in hockey, uh, they are not favored to win the Stanley Cup title. That would be the Colorado Avalanche, who you just mentioned as having beaten them in their only Stanley Cup final appearance. What's the dealio there, Leboff? Yeah, the Panthers are they are a team that tries to outscore you, which that game sometimes doesn't translate all that well in the NHL playoffs, which like you kind of mentioned before, it's it's tighter checking, it's harder. The, the space on the ice gets gets eaten up. Uh, refs tend to swallow their whistle a little bit more. Uh, meanwhile, the, the Avalanche, I think they finished what three points adrift of Florida this regular season, and uh, they were dealing with injuries to key players all season. So it's uh, this team, if they were fully healthy, was probably they probably lost like 13 or 14 points just through through injuries and, and stuff like that. So they're clearly the best team uh, in the NHL. But like, you know, Simon was saying before, there are some hoodoos around around the playoffs time and the avalanches is that they can't get past the second round. And uh, like he said, this version of the avalanche has nothing to do with the versions that have had trouble advancing in the years past, um, but they will have a tough second round matchup against the blues or the wild. So it's just like, when you get to that, like final eight in the, uh, in the NHL, it's the, the margin between the teams is just so fine. Whereas I think in other sports, like, you know, the NBA, I don't like the, if the Hawks are playing the, the Lakers or whoever else is good. Um, I think the, the gap is just so much wider. And you're talking about a, a sport that has, um, you know, scoring events are, are, there's a lot of scoring events in the, uh, in the NBA, whereas in the NHL or soccer, there's not. So if you don't convert those opportunities and the other team does, you're going to lose. And no matter how well you played. So there's just like the margin for error in, 
in hockey, especially when you're playing another good team in mean, a best of seven is just so thin. So that's why you know, I hate betting favorites uh, in terms of, especially in terms of futures. And I wouldn't really be surprised if, if Colorado has trouble next round with, with either St. Louis uh, or, or Minnesota. Well, listen, that, that Ray Bork is a pretty great defenseman. I feel like with him on their side, they got a pretty good shot, right? Well, that was, uh, that was like ESPN's heyday. Were you around? You were probably at ESPN when, when Ray Bork went to the Avalanche to win that I cup. Totally with, remember him getting Gary Thorne from the Bruins to, to go get that cup and what yeah. a thrill it was for everybody in sports. They, they retired his number at, in Colorado. Uh, I think he, he, despite just playing that part of one season there and winning the Stanley cup. Uh, so yeah, good for Ray, I guess. But um, yeah, that, that, that Gary Thorne call is, is iconic. So when the uh, NHL went back to ESPN for, for the season and ESPN plus and all that, you heard it in like all the season opening montages was, was Gary Thorne saying Raymond Bork. Uh, and it's uh, we didn't get the, we didn't get the full on nostalgia effect from ESPN going back to them. Like they didn't really, they played into it, but not that much. And also I have a question. Um, I don't understand this phenomenon with sports now that these broadcast booths are being filled with people who aren't play by play people. Like the NHL that has John Bucci-Gross calling uh, playoff games. He's not very, He's not doing a very good job. Like, yeah. And he didn't do a good job in the regular season. Cause he's not a play-by-play guy. Right. Why not just use a play-by-play guy to do that? Cause it, the whole point you, you show up to watch these games, you're trying to watch the game. I don't care who's calling the game as long as they they're doing their job. I'm, I'm not going to tune in because, Oh, John Bucci-Gross is calling this game. He's, he's a young whippersnapper. Like I want to watch the hockey game and have it told to me by a professional. I don't care if it's like the minor league guy from Rockford, Illinois, who's calling like the AHL games there. Um, and I think like these networks have this, this preconceived notion about fans that like, they're going to think it's really cool that we have Katie Nolan calling an uh, MLB baseball game when, you know, she's not a play-by-play person. So it's, it's, it's not going to work out. Here's what you need to understand about television executives. This goes for studio shows. This goes for broadcast booths. They believe that whoever is hosting the show, whoever is the analyst for the show whoever is in the play-by-play booth, that's the most important thing in the world because that's what they're working on. They don't get that the only people who care about studio shows are them and the leagues they're servicing. The only people who care about what's happening pre-game in the NFL, pre-game in NBA, are the league executives who have to be responsible for the relationship with their broadcast partners and the television executive themselves. No one else gives a fuck. I think for the play by play, I think that matters a little bit more. Like you'll see Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, them being in the booth likely gives ESPN a better broadcast schedule, right? It brings more gravitas to Monday Night Football. You get a better broadcast schedule, then all of a sudden you can make more on the commercials on that show, right? Like the the sponsorship levels, the dollars go up incrementally. They're going to pay for the $140 million they're paying for Joe Buck and Troy Aikman by virtue of getting a better schedule and then getting higher sponsorship dollars. That's when it matters. But like mostly no one gives a fuck. Yeah. And the the people who do actually are the ones that are just watching the game. Right. And and they're not going to say, oh, this is an incredible play by play performance. They're going to say "Uh, this one sucks. It's there. There no one. It's like refereeing. Right. Nobody leaves the arena saying those refs were fantastic tonight. They, they say they sucked or they don't mention them at all. And I think it's the same thing with play-by-play people. And I guess for some reason, whoever's booking these things, like, you, I guess, like you said, like 
they're doing it for themselves, not the you know millions of people who are watching or in hockey's case, the hundreds of people who are, who are watching. Well, you want that job? All you got to start doing is giving away a T-shirt for an overtime goal score, buddy. And that job will be <laughs> yours. The playoffs are heating up and you can make every game feel like Game 7 on FanDuel Sportsbook, an official partner of the NBA. Throughout the playoffs, all customers can place a no-sweat same-game parlay each week. You'll get up to $20 in free bets if you don't win. FanDuel has so many great ways to play, and best of all, when you do win, you'll get paid faster than a fast break. For example, tonight, Wednesday night, I like a same-game parlay of the Philadelphia 76ers, the over, and James Harden points over. New to FanDuel? Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up with promo code FAVORITES. Once again, that's promo code FAVORITES. And if you already have an account, you're all set to bat, no sweat. Either way, you'll get up to $20 in free bets if your same-game parlay during the playoffs doesn't win. FanDuel Sportsbook, an official partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or over in select states. Refund issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max free bet $20 per week. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, or Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Call the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. one 800 522-4700 in Wyoming or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Chad, we're going to get cursed out for not talking about Canada. People think I hate Canada on this show. We talk about NFL. They're, we don't talk about Canada. People always say, you guys never talk about Canada. Nothing against Canada. Love Vlad, Vlad Guerrero Jr. He's the man. Okay, I might hate the Raptors. Okay, now I'm thinking I really do hate the Raptors. They've affected my life, though, as a Philadelphia sports fan. Leave off. Who am I betting on from Canada? Am I taking Toronto or the Oilers for real? Like, I want to get serious about that for a second, but we do have to preface for people who don't know. John Tavares, one of the greatest Islanders ever, <laughs> famously famously turned his back on, on the New York Islanders and went to Toronto. In the entire time I have known Mike Leboff, his animosity for Tavares and the Maple Leafs has only grown. The hatred he feels cannot be contained in a single podcast. So I really do have to ask him, like, the Leafs are 10 to 1 right now to win the Stanley Cup. That is, those are pretty short odds, probably fourth lowest right now after, uh, you know, you got the Panthers, you got the Avs, I forgot who was next, and then you got the, the Maple Leafs. How are you managing this? Not well. Not well at all. Like, they, they won last night. They looked good. Um, they're a good team. Um, our producer uh, of this podcast, Matt Mitchell knows like, you know, every night I just kind of will text him and, and a couple other people in, in this group chat that are hockey fans. One of whom is, is from Montreal and doesn't like the Leafs either. Um, and I just fret about, I mean, starting in God damn, like maybe like December, I'm like, this is the year that they're going to win the cup. And um, I, I always tell people from Toronto that are Maple Leafs fans that I really wouldn't care if the Maple Leafs win Stanley cup, they go on a run, like win four or five in a row as long as he's not there. Right. Cause that just validates his, his decision, especially because the Islanders have had so much success without him, uh, which people did not think was coming. And uh, 
your your boys over at, at, at Deadspin what famously wrote an article previewing the season right after he left where it was like ranking the 31 NHL teams from best to Islanders. And then that year, Barry Trotz came in and the Islanders went to a great uh, on, on a great run at, it, against the odds. And, and they've been stable since then, this, this year notwithstanding. So it's been validating from that point to know that like we didn't really need him. Um, and now that he is on this team, which, you know, he's not the, the focal point of this team. They have incredible players like Austin Matthews is going to win the MVP. Mitch Marner is incredible. They have a deep defense now. Um, so it's, it's a little frightening, uh, but he's, he's a bit part player, but I don't take any solace in that. Like if he's, if he wins as the captain of the Leafs, um, that, that'll be a, a nightmare for me. And uh, I'm, I'm dreading it big time. Uh, so, yeah, but I like, they're good. I think honestly, 10 to one is probably right about fair for their, for their odds, especially since they won game one. Uh, but, but to move on from that and, and I'm trying to my, to do my best in, in general to move on from that. Um, to answer Simon's question, I think the Oilers still are, are worth a shot. Like they lost last night uh, to the, to the Kings in game one, but they've been a really good team. And, and on our hockey betting podcast uh, line change, which you can listen to every uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning during this part of the playoffs, uh, my co-host known as so many sports has, has been banging the drum on the Oilers for a long time. And, they, they made a coaching change. They've, they've had a, a really good new manager bounce uh, and their, their results are not a fluke, right? Like their defense is improved and they're getting good goaltending, which is what they usually don't get and why they flame out. Like Simon was mentioning before with, with other teams <laughs> having trouble getting the monkey off their back in terms of playoff performances. Like the Leafs are definitely one of them. They haven't advanced past the first round since 2004 and the Oilers with Connor McDavid have done it once in his career. Um, and they were slept in the first round last year as big favorites. So the problem has been the goaltending and 40 year old Mike Smith uh, has been really good this season. And he, I mean, I, I know you, you probably won't know who he is, but he's just, he's a journeyman goalie who for some reason, the Oilers keep going back to despite his in, inconsistencies. And he's, he's an absolute maniac, but uh, he's, he's been good in, in, in his age 40 season. And then last night, you know, finally gets everybody on board saying like, this guy's going to do it. Like he looks like he's informed going into the playoffs for the first time and God knows how long. And uh, he, he laid a dud in game one, which was horrifying uh, because I bet the oil, uh, I was betting the Oilers with my buddy so money and, uh, but I'm still believing in them, which is probably not a good idea. So uh, in the NBA, which you hate, there's, I don't, I don't, I don't actively, I just don't find it entertaining i don't find it entertaining at all dude it's i just i could i choose to kind of ignore it more than like i don't go out of my way to hate it i think when people say oh you hate the nba that sounds like i'm like going around and like yelling at people being like how can you like the sport i'm just saying i like to ignore it completely so in the nba which you pretend doesn't exist there is a famous theory called the zigzag theory in which you used to bet the opposite side of the results from the night before. And then bookmakers eventually caught onto it and, and sort of have adjusted lines over the past decade to, uh, to, to combat the zigzag theory. Is there an NHL version of the zigzag theory? Uh, so to speak, I guess, like, for example, tonight, the Avalanche, they're big favorites against the Predators. The Flames are big favorites against the stars, let's say well, those two teams blow out the underdogs. I mean, the Panthers and the Capitals, you will see like a big over adjustment 
uh, for game two based on, on the score from game one. So let's say, you know, that I think the predators right now are like plus two sixty. Uh, they lose six, one tonight to the avalanche. They might close like three to one in game two. And right there, that tells you you're getting 40 cents of value because the betting market already told you how these two teams should close, right? They're playing in the same venue injuries. Of course, like if there's an injury or whatever, this, this point is moot, but like it's, if, if it's the same rosters in the same venue playing each other 48 hours later, didn't the market already tell us what this number is supposed to be. Um, so you can, you can have success going that way, uh, you know, backing teams off of blowouts um, because you're going to get a better number because betters, as we know, are, are pretty reactionary cats. So uh, you can, you can look, kind of strategize that way, I think. And, and some matchups, it's just that's that phenomenon won't happen. Like the Rangers and Penguins are really tight. The, the Leafs and the Lightning are really tight. So you just won't see the markets really over adjust no matter what the score from the previous game was. I've, we've seen that actually with, with Boston and, and Tampa losing handily in game one, that the numbers are not moving much from, from where they were. So, but in, in the right matchups, you will, you will see that come to fruition. I think we got to get um, your final picks. Where are you landing? Who's going to win? Give us your best odds. Your, give us the team you think is going to win and give us the team that um, you sort of think has the most future value. Um, well, first, I'm going to use this time to, to pat myself on the back for betting the Calgary Flames before the season, uh, 45 to one. They're, I think, third favorite. They're that team you couldn't remember. I don't know if you even know that that team exists, honestly. They're Calgary Flames. Dude, it's Calgary. And uh, <laughs> number one. Number two, uh, I will never forget the Calgary Flames because when I was growing up, back when they didn't wear helmets playing hockey, the Calgary Flames made the Stanley Cup. I think it was like the mid 80s. And, you know, this was when Youngblood came out. Yep. And so my friends and I, you'll see how cool we are. Like at lunch, we would do fake hockey fights and like pull each other's jerseys over our heads. And someone inevitably pretended they were playing for Calgary. That's how we got all the ladies. Yeah. That well, senior year sense. sounds like it was fun, Chad. <laughs> this might have been like freshman, sophomore year. <laughs> and we'd say like, we'd be like, yo, you want to go pretty boy? Because that's what they said to Rob Lowe, right? Let's go. Pretty boy. And yep. then like he had to prove it to Cynthia Gibb, who, you know, got a little naked in the, uh, in the, in the barn there. And, uh, and those were the days when we were loving hockey. Young Bud has probably done more for, for hockey than any sports movie in the history of sports movies has done for their particular sport. What a launching pad for careers. Rob Lowe, Swayze, was it Keanu Reeves was in there. So like, you know, <laughs> God bless that movie. But yeah, the Flames, uh, I think the Flames are the team that I would pick to come out of the West. But in turn, uh, and then I like the Bruins to come out of the East. And I think the Bruins... They've lost game one of their series. They're plus 170 right now in the, the series line. And they're still around 20 to one to win the Stanley Cup. I, the Bruins are really, really good. People just haven't really been paying attention to them much uh, because the other three teams of their division kind of just ran away from them right out the gates. And so they were kind of just in this spot in there that they ended up in the first wild card spot all season. So they were very uninteresting from a narrative perspective, but their underlying metrics are quite good. They have the playoff pedigree, great defense, and uh, and the goaltending failed them last night, but for, for the most part, the season has been above average. So I like Boston from a futures perspective. I like Edmonton from a futures perspective at 18 to one now that they've lost. I like them on their series line, minus one and a half. 
I like the minus one and a half in uh, game two. They, they're a team that can get separation really easily. So those are the teams I'm targeting mostly in terms of uh, future value is, is Boston and Edmonton. But I would pick Calgary to come out of the West and Boston to come out of the East. Simon, you got anything else? Yeah, I was going to ask what, what what is the best hockey movie in the world? Well, you can go first, Chad. What's your favorite hockey movie? Because I just had one pop in my head while we were talking. Well, look, there's like the classic, which is Slapshot, obviously. Old-time hockey? Piss on old-time hockey! You're ruining it! I love Youngblood, even though I probably haven't seen it in 30 years. Miracle. I- Screw them. This is your time. Like, Miracle is great, but... To me, hockey is so like I loved covering hockey, I, dude. I covered um, <laughs> the AHL team in Philadelphia that was playing at the Spectrum after they had opened the Phantoms. States, Phantoms. The Phantoms, right? So much fun covering hockey. Like to me, hockey is a sport. It's lyrical. It's romantic. It's a great story to write about. It's a great story for television. A great story for a great sport for movies. The pantheon of hockey movies is is outstanding but it's hard to top slap shot and young blood what about you leave off you know, obviously grew up on mighty ducks we lost a few games tough that was district five now we're the ducks yeah and the ducks yeah. are undefeated right. but there was a uh a movie called Manchester by the Sea that came out a few years ago a very oh heartbreaking movie but there's a hockey scene, hockey scene in that and it got me blocked by a prominent NHL agent because the, there's a, this, they show a clip of this goaltender, Yaro Halak, who, who played for the Islanders, uh, but they showed him playing for the Blues against the Bruins. And I was like, wow, Yaro Halak just killed it in Manchester by the Sea. And this agent, Alan Walsh, is, he's very quick on the, the, the trigger finger when it comes to blocking people. So he blocked me for, for lauding his client in, in his debut. And uh, a couple of years later, I I met Halak and I told him about that, and he had absolutely no idea what I was talking about. I don't know, I think he knows he knows he was in the movie. Um, so Manchester by the Sea for me. Oh, he doesn't man. even know that he played in the NHL. <laughs> I thought you were about to go with the town, which would have made more sense. Ben Affleck was yeah. a great hockey player in the town. I was gonna go with the goon. I can't believe no one mentioned the goon. What you fucking dare? We had a drought there after the miracle of no hockey movies. And then the goon came in and saved us. So we're different generations here, right? You guys are basically the same age. So you're talking about the goon and Mighty Ducks. Mighty Ducks would have been one for me. And I'm talking about Slapshot and Youngblood because, <laughs> you know, I'm older. It's why I'm, I'm more vulnerable now that I have COVID. So, you know, I hope I make it to the next podcast we do. Slapshot's great, but it's, it's hilarious now when you watch it because we're all so sensitive to every little thing you watch and you're just like, Every word that guy says in that movie is offensive. It's it's yeah. really an incredible performance. You can't do that movie anymore. These guys are a fucking disgrace. <laughs> I think I also no. think it's the first movie I ever remember watching. Like I, I just remember <laughs> watching Slapshot when I was really young because my dad loves it. And, yeah, sometime uh, around Christmas, right? Everyone has yeah, that memory. Yeah, exactly. It's just like I just remember watching Slapshot as as, as a, a young buck and uh, just knowing, oh, this is Slapshot. This is a movie, and this is about hockey. <laughs> All right, Leboff, you've given us your sad, sad story about the Islanders. You've given us your hatred for the Maple Leafs. You've given us your best picks for the East and the West to win the Stanley Cup. In honor of all that, I will remind people that if you, the listeners, are looking for even more NHL betting talk, you can hear Mike Leboff and his 
own pro gambler sidekick known as so many sports twice a week on our action network nhl betting podcast line change throughout the stanley cup playoffs so money he's the best you're the best mike leboff for mike leboff for our brilliant producer matt mitchell for my bff simon hunter i am chad millman this has been the favorites from the volume podcast network download from apple podcasts from spotify wherever you get your podcasts Rate, review, subscribe, feedback is a gift. Leave us five stars. Say whatever the fuck you want in the comments. And by the way, I do want to say, we love the five stars. We love the reviews. And to prove that we are reading all of the reviews, uh, Matt Mitchell wants me to remind people that when we put the favorites, which is the title of the show, in the episode description, that is a requirement by our overlords at the Volume Podcast Network if you don't like it, take it up with Colin Cowherd. Email him. DM him on Twitter. He loves that. But it ain't my problem. It ain't Matt Mitchell's problem. It ain't Simon Hunter's problem. We got nothing to do with it. We're just following the rules. We all got bosses. Leave us five stars anyways. If you are looking for more awesome gambling content on the Volume Podcast Network, check out Moneyline Monaco powered by FanDuel. Every weekday, Alex Monaco will give you his best bets, including game picks, props, same game parlays, and much more. Monaco is in another groove and breaks down every NBA playoff game from a betting perspective. So don't miss your chance to make some money by downloading Moneyline Monaco wherever you get your podcasts, only on the Volume Podcast Network. Until next time, love you. <laughs>